It's Angela Blair, and welcome back to All Strings Attached, where we have a very important episode for you all to hear today. I was speaking with a parent recently, and they told me something that I just have not been able to get out of my head. My nine-year-old is addicted to porn. The truth is, pornography has become one of the fastest-growing industries to date. It lives freely on the internet for billions to see, and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere soon. In fact, it's only growing. Now, I could devote an entire episode to porn and how it influences our views of sex, how it changes our brains, but I really want to go even deeper here because there's one specific issue that's not always linked to pornography, but it's actually extremely connected to the adult film industry, and that is sex trafficking. Now, there's virtually no way to guarantee that each and every adult film actress is truly participating consensually. And there is report after report stating that in many cases, porn is nothing more than sex trafficking captured on film. To dive into this extremely complex issue, I want to bring someone on who lives in this world day in and day out. Yako Buyans knows the dangers of sex trafficking personally, and as you'll hear, he's been on a lifelong journey to bring justice into this part of the world and our culture at large. Here's my conversation with activist Yako Buyans. Yako Buyans is the president and CEO of the film production company After Eden Pictures, where his mission is to promote life by transforming culture through uplifting entertainment. He directed and produced the feature film Eight Days that raised awareness around the reality of sex trafficking in the U.S. and around the world. He is the founder of Share Together, a nonprofit organization fighting on the front lines against this global crisis of sex trafficking. He also speaks to college campuses and groups across the country on this issue and truly is a warrior on the front lines against porn and sex trafficking. Yaku, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to All Strings Attached. I'm so excited to be here, Angela. Thank you for all the amazing work you do. You know, I remember when this show was an idea for you, and it's amazing to see it be here. And I know it's making a huge impact. So thank you. Thank you. I really see you as such a warrior in this fight against such dark things. I want to first start off on understanding your why, because I know the story, but for people listening, if you can just share why you are so passionate about these issues. Yeah, I think in this fight, you know, it's going to be really hard to stay in this battle if it's not personal. You know, there are many people who jump into fighting trafficking because it is social justice for them, but it's so dark that they don't last. And so those normally you see that are in it, and we've been 20 plus years, right? Because it's personal. Normally, it's either a survivor, you know, victim survivor that's fighting. In my case, my sister Ilonka was trafficked for a six-year period, and that story is an epic story to tell, and it's her story to tell, you know, survivors, that's their stories to tell. But as the brother being raised by a single parent in that environment, I have my own perspective of what that looked like, right? And how that felt and the guilt and the shame 
even on me of how could I, you know, how could this happen on my watch? And so it was very personal. And then, of course, we didn't know, Angela, what sex trafficking was in 1994, because that's when that happened to her. And she was 13 and I was 18. So what did I know about sex trafficking? It wasn't until Ilanka was rescued. And then we learned from her what evil looks like in this regard in, in what men had done, you know? And so from there, it was in that moment, it was just God flipping a switch and said, no one else, you're going to defend and you're going to fight, of course, for your sister. At that time, it was all, you know, let's support our sister, but mm-hmm. also then every single child, you know, and I didn't think it would be in the U S I was in South Africa at the time. I'm an immigrant. And then we realized that we're the number one nation on earth commercializing sex with children so it's not a choice it's not a it's not even something i picked up it was just god said go fight you know this is ezekiel 33 for us to Mm -hmm. be the watchman on the wall and fight that's so powerful and you said it you know a lot of people think when they picture sex trafficking they think of overseas or oh that's that's not happening here but it is absolutely astonishing when you look at and really start to peel back the layers and realize what is happening? So for those that may not fully understand the issue and the prevalence of it here in the United States, what is the current state of sex trafficking? If you had to give a, the current status, where are we at with this issue? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Unfortunately, you know, we're the number one nation on earth commercializing sex with children. Now, there's other countries where there may be more cases where children are engaging in sexual activity with adults, but, it, but it's because in those countries, either their religion or their custom supports it. It's not commercialized. So we're the number one nation commercializing it. Give you an example, 79,000 children per day in the system of being trafficked in Texas alone, half a million in the U.S., the numbers are staggering and only 1% of the crime is reported. So it's, it's, it's so epic. It's the number two crime only to drugs. It's surpassed illegal arms. It's probably going to surpass illegal illicit drugs very soon. It's a $30 billion industry in the U.S. alone, $150 billion in the U.S. I mean, if this was a Fortune 500 company, sex trafficking, it would, it would list in the top 10 on the NASDAQ yeah. for, for what it does per year, right? It makes Nike and Adidas look tiny mm-hmm. from, from a financial standpoint. And when we put it in that perspective, somebody is paying to have sex with a child. And we can't take our eyes off that because, in, in, and they love doing that. That's what happened with this Ghislaine Maxwell trial we saw, right? And Jeffrey Epstein, let's focus on the pimp, the pimp, the pimp. Yes, the pimp absolutely has to go to jail, but somebody paid. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. was willing to enforce it. What about those people? And, we, and we, it's time to shine a light on the culture. Right. We have a culture that wants to be okay with sex with children. Yeah. And, you know, I've been seeing your post about the Jeffrey Epstein and Maxwell case, and I definitely want to get into that. But for trafficking and how that world operates, just to dive even deeper, what are the platforms that this is taking place on? And how is this business usually done? What platforms? It's good that you go real to the core of the issue. You know, we got to really go back to the Garden of Eden. And, and, mm-hmm. I, I t- and I tell women this particularly, we have to go to the beginning. Why did, why did Satan go after Eve and not Adam? You know, and Philip and my wife writes about this a lot because women have influence. Mm-hmm. Women are powerful. 
women don't really understand the power God has given them, how they influence culture. And so if you can corrupt the woman, you're going to break society. You're going to break culture. Now, let's talk about over 95% of sex trafficking victims are girls and women. So it's a massive onslaught and an attack on culture by sexualizing women, younger and younger and younger. So how does it happen? Today, it's very different than what it was in the 1950s. You needed a pimp and a mink coat and a Cadillac on the street corner. You had the red light district in New York, the red light district in Atlanta. And some of that still exists, but it's so small. Today, it's online. Today, the, the predator is, not, is clean cut. The predator is a suit. The average buyer of children for sex in America is a husband, a father of two, who earns north of $100,000 a year. Those are, on average, the men that pay for sex with children. It's not what people think. So now all of a sudden, who's the culprit? A half a society, unfortunately. Why? Mm. Because it's sex. So when you are immoral in thought and impure in action in sex, it goes bad real quick. And it's always going to end up with sexualizing children. So a predator today, to give you a real-life example, you're so blessed, Angela. You married, you married a gentleman, right? And, but if you think back of your first date, right? The guy will normally on a first date reach out to the girl's hand or her shoulder. He'll touch her body in some way. Touch her hand. He'll touch her shoulder. And, he, and he's reading your response. <laughs> if you leave your hand there, then he holds your hand. That's an invitation. If you pull your hand away, it's slows him down and may take another week before he tries again. He's testing the water, okay? He can hold your hand, then he's immediately thinking about, okay, what's next? Not necessarily sex, but what's next in the engagement? That's exactly how a predator works. Now, here's how it happens. On Instagram, a predator reaches out to your daughter mm -hmm. and he's trying to hold her hand. But the way he's doing it is saying, do you know you've got beautiful eyes? Do you know that I've watched your post and you're an amazing athlete? And he's reading her response. The response, that first response is everything. It's everything. Mm -hmm. If she does not have flags go off that says, mm, stranger danger, or this may not be good, that's kind of creepy, or this doesn't feel right, the predator sees it as an invitation. He immediately goes to holding the hand, what's next? Now he's going to coerce and groom her through a process, and they take time. Ultimately, for her to self-expose, self-compromise. What's that? You know, provocative shot in her bikini or a naked picture on Instagram. Do you know that over 60% of girls in high school today have shared naked pictures? with boyfriends or who they think are boyfriends. And so all of a sudden now she's compromised. Now there's shame, there's blame, there's guilt. And now it's a runaway train. And so this is how it ha happens. So it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. For boys, it's on PlayStation and live games where predators would have conversation with boys. So they'll throw out things like sexual connotation or a sexual innuendo in a conversation. To see if the boy responds negatively, they go, dude, what's wrong with you? You're a sicko. I'm out of here. Or the boy continues the conversation. It's dating. They earn, unfortunately, this should scare American parents. The predators today online earn the girls' hearts in the mm. process of exploiting them.
So it's very confusing to a young girl that's going through puberty. Average age is 12, right? She doesn't know her body. She doesn't know boys. She's starting to like older boys. And here's this guy who's giving her attention because he's reading her mail. He's just going back on her feed and he sees she's upset with her dad frequently. There's no pictures of dad. You know, she's doing a lot of stuff alone. And he comes in, collects all the data, and he speaks to her as if he really knows her heart. And he earns trust. And all of a sudden, you know, it's off to the races. Wow, that's so interesting because to be honest, I always pictured trafficking like a kidnapping scenario, which I'm sure that still exists. But it's interesting how social media has just opened up that gateway for predators. The recent case and the trial of Jelaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's partner, has been really interesting for a lot of people. You know, they're all cheering, oh, yay, six counts of seven found guilty. But you really spoke out about, wait a minute, justice has not fully been served here. Like, what are your thoughts on the verdict and what do you think is left open that really should be addressed? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing so many news segments because my message is not a popular one, but it's just the truth. Was there justice? We'll see. The sentencing hasn't happened yet. There's a verdict, but let's wait for the sentencing because things can go way squirrely. But let's just say she's sentenced to 75 years in prison, which is the, the allotment at the moment, you know, under the, under the counts, right? Is that justice? It's, it's justice because a bad actor, a person who exploited children is going to be behind bars. What does it do in the fight to curb the industry, right? Nothing. Zero. It actually was negative. Why? Because we told America through this trial, you're not going to be able to see into the courtroom. The black book that she's already shared, everybody says, well, she's going to spill the beans. They have the names. I have the names. I have the names unofficially, not from a court because we're in the industry. She shared it already. They sealed it. Those who paid for sex, those who flew on the Lolita, those who know, they sealed. The Judge Nathan sealed the black book. The public will never know. That's injustice because, yes, Maxwell should be in jail. But mm -hmm. every person that forced sex on a child in that ring should be held to justice. The system has to be exposed. The true system that it is in Hollywood, it is on Wall Street, it is in the royal family in probably multiple European countries. This is a network where children are being used by people as bargaining chips, as methods of payment. Unless that is exposed and those people get called in, when you bring a former president of the United States, Bill Clinton, and you put him on the witness stand, and you say, now you're going to testify. You're going to be cross-examined. The American people is going to hear what you did and what you saw. Unless you do that, it's not justice. See, just removing Ghislaine Maxwell doesn't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. It actually is negative because it makes Americans relax, going, okay, we're safe again. You're not safe. Because there's hundreds of thousands of Ghislaine Maxwells in your neighborhoods that are trafficking children. What is the culprit of grown adults finding young children attractive? I, I'm just confused on that. I, it's To me, it's just so crazy that it would be this common. I mean, I think there's a spiritual aspect of this, 
Because all these predators, they don't know each other. It's not like there's a guide or handbook to sex trafficking, but they all seem to do the same thing. I think there's an absolute demonic spiritual aspect to this. But what is that that you think is the reason that grown adults are finding children attractive? There's not a handbook, but there is a handbook. And unfortunately, the handbook is interwoven into us. It's in you and it's in me. And it's called you are a sexual being. So when you conform and contort your sexuality and you, you, Angela, do such amazing work with purity and with restoring women's hearts and helping boys and women understand there's a reason. There's a reason to wait. There's a reason not to sell yourself cheaply. There's a reason God writes in scripture so much about sexual immorality because it's the only sin that's against your own body. Think about it this way. An alcoholic, alcohol is not the problem. It's maybe depression or financial pressure or a lack of identity. But let's say it's depression. The depression is internal. The drink alcohol is external. So there's a separation there. Sex, the hurt and the pain is internal, but the drug is also internal. So when you mess with a person sexually, when a girl gives herself sexually, that you're signing a spiritual contract every time their sex. God says this. A, a, a husband will leave the house of his father and mother become one with the women. Every culture on earth consummate marriage through sex. Every religion, sex. So it bonds people, right? So now you got a problem because you're opening a spiritual portal. So the handbook is a spiritual handbook by the evil one, Satan himself. And here's how, how it works. The drug of choice today, the entry level, and this is super controversial, but I know I can be real with you. The mm-hmm. entry drug into sex trafficking today is pornography. Yes. Why? Because it opens the door. It signs the agreement with sexual immorality. It puts you on the track, the train track, and you can't separate porn from sex trafficking. Someone would say, well, Yaku, I watch porn, but I don't abuse children. Not yet. But mm-hmm. you're heading in that direction. Why is it always children? Because for the same reason why a a drug addict can't stay with opioids forever. They're going to move from an opioid to a heavier drug, to a heavier drug, to a heavier drug, and they're going to end up with a heroin needle in their arm. Here's the problem. Our children today, when it comes to sex, they don't start with an opioid. They start with heroin. Why? Because they're getting free porn. So their introduction to the drug is not an opioid that's a soft drug, a Maxim magazine with a girl with her top off. No, that was my generation when we grew up. That was our introduction to porn. The introduction to porn today for young boys is group sex. So why do you think that there's no regulation of this? I know you've talked about going to Facebook to meet with Zuckerberg and try to have a meeting about this. I mean, where, where are these major platforms at? Yeah, I, I look, I went to Cupertino, was in the building, met, I went to Twitter. These guys, you know, they hide behind Section 230. Um, we've got cowards, absolute cowards in Washington, D.C. that don't actually want to crack down on big tech because they get paid by big tech. They benefit from big tech. We launched a social media platform called Free Space for that very reason. That, and there's zero tolerance to porn trafficking, sexual mm-hmm. exploitation. 
They won't do that. They won't. And the politicians won't. They won't draw a line and actually say, well, wait a sec. You cannot give free porn. To average age of porn entry for boys in our country today is age eight. Now, you th- imagine an eight-year-old boy. He's, he's, his introduction to porn is three guys with a woman. It's terrible. It's, it's insane. It's that insane. kid is destroyed now internally. Mm-hmm. But remember, it's not alcohol. It's not yeah. an external drug. He is all, his whole psyche, his whole being is being completely conformed internally. He'll never yeah. look at women the same. He'll never value women. He'll never value love. He'll never value sex. This is why the company Roman is so popular today, having erectile dysfunction drugs for men aged 18 through 25. Wait a minute. We've never heard of erectile dysfunction of 18-year-old boys. Well, why? Their sexual activity is so high that they have become numb to a monogamous one-on-one relationship with a woman. To where now a wife or a woman can no longer satisfy them just even emotionally, never mind sexually. This is a real catastrophic problem in our culture today. And it starts with porn. My next question, ironically, was about porn because I think a lot of people don't group trafficking and porn together. But for someone that's listening that may have porn a part of their life or a part of their relationship, and then they group it completely separately from trafficking, what would you say to them about the seriousness of that? Every pimp, every pimp, including Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein, all the people people know, and the pimps you don't know, they use porn to train the girls what to do. They use porn to desensitize the mind to what is extreme. If you show an eight-year-old three guys raping a woman, right? You're desensitizing. Now, now, now how are you going to convince him now for him at eight to go to Susie who's eight and wanting to touch her inappropriately is not okay. You've completely destroyed all boundaries. And this is what they do. So porn is being used. Over 80% of pimps force the sex trafficking victims to do porn to make up money that they are missing in their quota. Over 55% of prostitutes in legal brothels in in the state of Nevada, and there's only nine counties where prostitution is legal in Nevada, and the Vegas Strip is not one of them. So all sex for sale in the Vegas Strip is illegal. It's sex trafficking. Every single one of those brothels, 55% of the prostitutes, have filed rape charges. You go, wait a minute. How can a prostitute be raped? Because if she says no, it's no. There's abuse in porn throughout. The women are being abused. The men are being abused. They're being drugged. When you watch porn, it's not take one. I'm a filmmaker. It's take 57 with a crew eating a hamburger while she's being raped. And now a sex therapist is going to recommend to a couple that the husband watch another woman create an emotional connection with another woman, fantasizes over another woman's body, and somehow it's going to make him appreciate his wife? Absolutely not. It is driving a wedge between him and his wife that is irreparable because you're hooking him on heroin. You don't walk away from heroin. You want more and more. And what's more? Younger, younger, younger. The ultimate drug is pre-puberty. That's it. 
Remember, you're dealing with a drug, sex, that is the only drug on earth, nothing else, that literally rewires the neural pathways of the brain. So what happens is a man that, that has peripheral vision in life, that can focus, when he isn't porn, that focus narrows. And all he's thinking about is sexual stimulation, sexual stimulation, sexual stimulation. And all of a sudden, he'll abandon his family. He'll abandon his job. He'll, he'll abandon relationships, friendships. All he needs is his stimulation. And by the way, the drug of choice, sex, only gives him a 30-second high. So now yeah. what? 30 seconds later, he's like, okay, um, I need another candy bar. And that's how you got to a Jeffrey Epstein that literally abused kids every two hours of the day. So porn is straight up from the pit of hell because it demonizes women Agreed. and completely destroys the value of the womb. By the way, it's impossible to disconnect abortion from sex trafficking. It's impossible mm -hmm. to disconnect divorce from sex trafficking, porn from sex trafficking. It's all related, but I'm telling you the most powerful weapon today on planet Earth is sex. It's a weapon. Absolutely. It can be a weapon for good, but mm -hmm. it's being used as a weapon for bad yes. because it's effective. It is so much more common today, people of all ages watching porn, not realizing the impact it has on their long-term relationships and also just others. So if someone is listening that is addicted to porn or does watch porn. I know you also speak a lot to groups about ways to overcome that and break that habit. What are some things that you can share with people to help if they feel like, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this anymore? Think about it this way. To what end? You're watching porn today and they may say, well, it's casual. You're engaging in a drug that's going to consume you. When will it be too much? And do you think that you can just turn off the spigot that day? You will not. You will not be able to. You're going to destroy everything. So for that person who is self-aware, he says, okay, and I'm not blaming people. I'm just being real. Get out mm -hmm. of it. It's going to consume you. You have to raise your hand and go, I need help. So first, if it's a young person, Gen Zer, go to a trusted figure, somebody, a, a parent possibly, a pastor, a friend, but not a peer. They cannot help you with this. You've got to go to someone that has life experience. Reach out to Angela. Reach out to our organization. We can connect you with resources where you can raise your hand anonymously and safely, privately, and say, I need help. That's step number one. Just understand that you're handling a drug that you cannot handle. It's going to destroy your life. You cannot handle it. Number one. Number two, I'll ask young men, do you want to marry a woman one day? Or for those who don't want to marry, be in a long-term relationship with a woman that's been sexually compromised by hundreds of men, that's got images of herself online in porn that she can't get back, that needs a decade's worth of therapy. Most young men tell me, no, of course not. Of course not. Then my answer right back to them is, then stop, stop creating those women. Stop causing women to be in that position. Stop being part of the problem. Treat every single woman like she may potentially be your wife because she's going to be someone. So mm -hmm. fathers, this is your role to teach your young sons. So every dad listening to this, you got to go sit your son down. First start with yourself and 
see if you're in porn. And if you're in porn, you go to your wife and you say, babe, whatever you call her, I need help. Women, if your husband comes to you and says, I need help with porn, understand that it took him massive courage. You walk with him, but there has to be accountability. He's got to take actual proactive measures and get help. But you don't abandon that guy. You sit with your sons and your daughters and you ask a simple question. Are you watching porn? Can I share with you what porn does to the brain, to relationship? Can I share with you the track that it puts you on? The spiritual connections. You know how many Christians today watch porn, Angela? Probably a lot more than we realize. Yeah. 55% of the church is in divorce. Almost 80% of those porn is in the relationship. So we have to have this conversation with our kids mm-hmm. today. Just sit there now and say, I'm going to walk with you. But we cannot. You, we can, I can't let you play with snakes, son. I can't let right. you play with snakes, daughter. We have to take, take a hold of this. And then self-accountability for the men who are in porn, you need help. And so there's amazing resources we can send your way as well. And we have it on our, on our website where people can connect online or in person. It can be online. And there is a way out. Absolutely, there's a way out. It's not a quick fix. It's definitely something that is going to take work and first self-awareness. And, you know, on a final note, probably a lot of our listeners do have a heart for helping with trafficking and you have started an incredible organization, but I'd love for you to share your advice. If someone does want to help and how they can also find you and get connected to share together. Thank you, Angela. Sharetogethernow.org because we share the burden of raising our kids and, and, you know, getting culture back to, to a moral lifestyle. We share that together. It's on us. Like I said, it's not on government. So sharetogethernow.org or Yakuboyan's ministries that are connected. We fight trafficking, and there are so many ways people can get involved. They can volunteer in their communities. They can become official partners where we actually launch chapters around the country where we train people how to go into the schools, how to give these talks, how to connect with organizations like All Strings Attached. We help them connect with other organizations in their district because there's so many forms of fighting trafficking, right? It could be victim services, of course, there's rescues, awareness, et cetera. We train nurses. We got an amazing program through a partnership out of uh, Pennsylvania where we train nurses in ERs on how to identify trafficking. And then Shared Together has a virtual giving platform where people can say, look, I can't do more than giving, not just money, but giving time, giving resource, giving expertise in my, in my area. Th- there are hundreds of ways for them to get involved. And thank you for the invitation. And we need people. We, because this is a local fight, we want to equip people to take back their communities, take back the children in their communities, their circle of influence, that which God has entrusted them with. Even if it's just your daughter's soccer team or softball team or your son's baseball team, you know, just take it back. That's how we're going to change this thing throughout this country. You know, bottom up, not top down. Of course, Angela, sorry, on Instagram, people, my Instagram oh, yeah. is only used to fight trafficking. So that's Yaku.points. And then I encourage people to look into free space as an alternative for Facebook, especially now with cancel culture. Whether you use it or not, your choice, but here's an alternative. There is a way out, right? You, you are not trapped in what society says about your child. Absolutely. And I am on free space, so I encourage everyone to check it out. Thank you so much, Yaku, for your time. I know it's so valuable. Keep up the good fight and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. But thank you so much for being on with us today. 
appreciate you. Congratulations on the show. God bless you. And thank you for all your work. Honestly, you're a warrior. Wow, what an incredibly interesting and, as I said earlier, important conversation. Most people think sex trafficking only happens in brothels in remote places that you've never heard of, but this is truly happening in every city every day. You know, as Yaku emphasized, there's truly a chain reaction going on here. Most people separate porn and trafficking. They think, oh, I watch porn, it's no big deal. I don't support trafficking. I don't support abuse of young children. But really watching porn feeds into the demand for commercialized sex, which then feeds into the world of trafficking. It's really important to understand these are two very, very connected things. It's terrible to think about, but it's a reality we all need to face. I'm really glad that we could have this conversation with Yaku to bring it to light. Again, I know this was a really heavy episode, but if you are struggling with porn or you want to get help or understand more of this battle and this fight, I want to just leave you guys with a few really great organizations and resources that I've come across. Now, obviously, there's Yako and his organization, Share Together. There's also Fight the New Drug and Moral Revolution. You can find them online. Great resources. And I also came across a video series where you can actually sign up and do a video tutorial to break the addiction. That's called The Conquer Series at theconquerseries.com. Thank you guys so much for joining me on All Strings Attached. This was an important episode, and I hope that it shed light on these issues for you. I can't wait for our next episode as we continue to unpack the journey of love, dating, and sex today. All Strings Attached is hosted by me, Angela Blair. The show is executive produced by Soul Shop, and our production coordinator is Spencer Tropper. Special thanks to the folks at City Reach Church and Daniel Rudnai for this awesome recording studio. Follow me at Official A Blair on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and follow the show at All Strings Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok too. Sign up for my newsletter at allstringsattachedpod.com. And if you go all out and send me an email at Angela at allstringspod.com, I may even respond. Don't forget to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts like every other show tells you to do. Until next time, I'm Angela Blair. Angela Blair.